Do you feel now more than ever that you need to make a shift in your wellness? Listen to this podcast, Inner Wellness, with Dr. Nas Parsian. Let's make the shift happen. How many times on a daily basis we use the word stress? This is actually what I talked last time about the main cause of this ease. But we do use very often, every day, this word, I'm stressed, I'm stressed out. How can I manage my stress? How can I prevent, you know, my stress affecting my everyday life? Is it good thing, stress? Is it bad thing? Yes, we absolutely dealing with this word all the time. So that is why this episode is also about stress, but more specifically about how we can prevent stress affecting our health. Is it possible or not? So let's dive into it. Man can learn nothing except by going from the noun to the unknown. Claude Bernard. Hello, everyone. Oh my God, episode four. I'm so excited. This is an amazing journey. Thank you so much for people who have already subscribed, listened brought me some amazing feedback and yes, certainly, definitely, I need more feedback from you. Please, just drop me a message or just drop a voice message in Anchor or anywhere they know you can access to me, Facebook and my business page and yeah, in in the podcast platform that you use. I really love to hear about your feedback because this is 100% the work in progress and I really want to have this more productive, as productive as possible and just want to carry my message to the world as a human being in this universe. Okay, so thank you again and this week you're going to talk a little bit more about stress, but this time we're going to focus more on uh, management strategy, or maybe maybe I can just say exactly, yes, is it possible to prevent uh, stress affecting our health and body um, or not? Or if that is a yes, how? So we talked previously about uh the types of stress, physical stress, chemical stress, emotional stress, acute stress, chronic stress. And it was quite obvious that body is not in um, homeostasis in a stress, stress situation. And no organism can indeed extend living in an emergency mode for so long time. Because the stress is a survival mode, is an emergency state, and the body is not able to extend living for longer time in that emergency state. So 
that's the reason, that's the main um, reason for health conditions, both physically and emotionally and mentally. And that's why stress can cause the actual disease and illness in the body. So when there is no energy from your body, your inner world, to repair your cells, what can it be possible to survive and grow and uh, live more um, functionally? So that's a problem. Survival mode in uh, stress makes us to be sometimes addicted to those arousal states, emergency states, because we need we need a we, we need something to to be survived. We need a bad job. We need a dysfunctional relationship. We need we need whatever is just going to be a so, the source of a stress for us. We get addicted to the life that we don't want. So when we get addicted to those things, we start to think about a problem, thinking over and over and over. And in this way, we start to turn on the stress response just and only by thoughts alone. So as we talked before, so the brain and actually you know cells in the body they cannot uh, distinguish between the real outer issue in the environment or an inner issue which is coming basically from our thoughts and imaginations so there is no difference between these two types of reality for for our you know conscious mind and for our brain cells so they can respond to both types in the same way. So in this way, your thoughts could be indeed the reason of your sickness. And your thoughts can literally make you sick. So a lot of health conditions, cancer, MS, food sensitivity, stress ulcer, other gastrointestinal issues, and some mental and emotional issues, chronic anxiety, depression, they all can be caused by your thoughts. So if that is possible that your thoughts can make you sick, is that possible that, yeah, that your thoughts make you well? Okay. Your thinking basically uh, leads you to doing, to action. And your heart and emotions basically lead you to being. And the balanced situation is the, the harmonized doing and being. So this is what we practice in meditation just to um, achieve the harmonized uh, doing and being. That's, that's a healthy state. So our emotions are indeed so powerful, as I mentioned before. And indeed, emotions are the end products of our experiences. So whatever happened in the past, we discussed last time about cellular memory that I'm actually going back to it in, in a moment. Um, whatever we experienced in the past 
they actually were stored as some recorded emotions, which are the end products of the past. So you know that in any stress response, cortisol is elevated and IgA is decreased, IgA level is decreased. So researchers actually done some uh, trials to show how just using different thoughts, like positive thoughts, compassion, gratitude, instead of anger, fear, and negative thoughts, um, and just training the brain cells by those positive thoughts can change brain waves and eventually can um, affect increasing the level of IgA in the body. This is actually the research done in Bond University in Gold Coast. And they, they took a look at brain uh, scan as well as, you know, brain waves. And they found that uh, by training people about some skills uh, to get more positive and create something new, uh, they, can, they can show some improvement in the brain scan and some positive changes eventually uh, in the level of IgA. So this is actually discussed as person, instead of personality, person reality. So it's discussed that the person reality can be changed by changing thoughts, but this is not only about thoughts. The very key important that we need to be really mindful about is also heart, emotions. Emotions are the ways you can see the truths. Emotions are very powerful. So in a stress situation, uh, actually when stress hormones uh, are active, the heart starts functioning more um, incoherently and when heart stops working incoherently it does affect your emotions so emotions like fear mistrust basically more you know stop trusting yourself and then hearts start sending very inconsistent messages to the brain this is actually amazing information about heart, that uh, the heart and the brain are connected uh, in both paths, descending and ascending pathways. However, it's said that 90% of the connection um, is going to be ascending from the heart up to the brain. That's very interesting. So that means the heart can send and carry neural pathways continuously and all the information um, to the brain and this um, kind of actually you know signals um, can can be carried through the vagus nerve and continue straight to the thalamus uh, which synchronizes cortical activities such as thinking, perception, understanding languages. Then it goes to the frontal lobes, which is more responsible for problem solving, and then brain survival center, and amygdala, which is more about emotional memory. So 
The heart is very important. Absolutely uh, central has a central role to send these messages. So that is possible that if you are more heart-centered, there is less likely you will react to a stressor in your life. Yes, that is true. That is absolutely true. And vice versa. The less heart-centered and the less energy you have in your heart, the more likely you will be living in survival mode. So simply emotions and feeling, uh, which are organized in the heart, they play the very significant role in the way we think and in the way we process information and eventually in the way we feel uh, and all the sensation in the body. So if the heart center um, and heart intelligence is activated, it acts uh, acts basically as an amplifier um, for for the brain. It's, it's a jump start for the brain and enhance the brain's um, activity and creates more coherence uh, throughout the body. So one very significant aspect to um, to relearn about your thoughts and emotions uh, is creating the coherence between brain and heart. And in this way, you can go from narrow focus to diverse focus. You can go from noun to unknown. You can take your attention to, to more freedom from limits to freedom, from matters to energy, and you can increase the level of awareness. You can increase the level of consciousness, and certainly more energy can be sent to brain cells. But how this coherence can, you know, what is what is exactly the practical way to have this coherence um, happen? That is the question, yeah? So this is happening only by changing thoughts or which one is which one is more important the heart or um, brain emotions or thoughts that's a question so emotions are indeed the end products of our experiences whatever happened in the past it's actually stored as emotions in our body so when you live your life from some familiar emotion that typically driven from some stress hormones in the past, as long as you, you think of that emotion, you indeed live in that situation in the past. So the side effect is if, it, if that happens regularly and very often the side effect is um, the constant stress response in the body and eventually disease and health conditions. So the situation must be managed by teaching another way and producing different um, pictures from that um, familiar uh, situation in the past. So what should we do to create this different picture? 
we know that if we, for example, live in the feeling of fear or lack, we, we cannot try to think about love or abundance. They cannot actually, they cannot produce a measurable effect because change can only happen when thoughts and emotions are aligned. And you can think positively all you want, but without connection with your feeling and emotions, it goes nowhere. And the message cannot be uh, understood throughout the rest of your body. So if you repeat the affirmation, I am fearless, I am fearless, but in deep, you actually feel fear, and there is a fear feeling in your bottom heart, the thought I'm fearless never makes any difference, never makes it past the brain stem. And you're not signaling the body and autonomic nervous system into a newer specific destination. The feeling is what produces the emotional charge and energy to stimulate your um, autonomic nervous system into a different pathway. And without feeling, everything remains the same. So it's only when you change the energy and remember, in any situation, in any conflicts between heart and brain, the winner is heart. So if, if, it, if in any conflict, the winner is uh, heart, in any coherence, the leader also is heart. So if heart and destructive emotions can cause disease and can actually create stress, so certainly, heart can also heal and remove those, uh, you know, stress resources and memories in the body. So to heal the stress, you have to heal your memories, your destructive emotions from the past. And to heal your memories, you need to connect to your heart. You need to heal your heart. You know that heart basically knows love. So whatever is fear-based is coming from the past. It's coming from the past memories. And whenever you, you feel fear as a response to your stress, trauma, or anxiety, or whatever, that means you are living in the past. You are living in something happened in the past. Because a lot of times we are not aware of our memories. And this is actually another, another discussion. And I'm not um, going to talk about it, about uh, that cellular memories in uh, more details and depth. Because it's, it's then very much connected to the discussion about um, consciousness and subconscious mind. Uh, so yes, we definitely need some work in subconscious mind to understand where and how the first point memory uh, was created. Uh, so that is important. However, whenever you see fear-based behavior, it's coming from the past 
destructive memories. It's not coming from your heart-based um, intelligence because heart knows love. So this is what we need to do. So we need just to replace fear with love, with constantly connecting with our heart center and just, just be open. Just open our heart center, whatever it is about gratitude, love, compassion, and uh, unity instead of separation. So it's all about connection. It's all about integration and connecting with with every human in, in, in the universe and connecting with every single cell with your um, in your body. So this is about love-based, uh, heart-centered intelligence, which is, I believe, the savior of our all health conditions. This is absolutely my belief. Heart is very powerful and emotions are other things. Uh, sometimes I just call it heart, monkey heart. <laughs> so emotions sometimes are really destructive. And at the same time, they are the main path of the truth. So it's very much depending how we how we receive our emotions and how we elevate our emotions and how we feel them with absolutely high frequency energy. Uh, I want actually to appreciate some of other complementary um, strengths. Uh, gut intelligence. That is another important part because we just discussed about wholeness previously and how we can just get all the intelligences aligned in the body, aligned with collective intelligence. And yes, we did have one intelligence in the body, but you know, different different parts all are connected with that intelligence, uh, including gut intelligence. So it's discussed in some very helpful and amazing resources that gut intelligence or gut brain is more powerful than head brain in um, in terms of stress healing and stress management. And there are actually some examples to compare these two brains um, showing how gut brain can achieve um, and can create more healing for the person who is experiencing a stress and wants to remove a stress from their lives. So the gut brain is uh, more about being, it is more oriented to being, but head brain is more oriented uh, to doing. Gut brain is, is more about sensations and head brain is more about abstractions. Gut brain is, is indeed devoted to integration, but head brain is devoted to analysis. Gut brain is attuned to life. Head brain grasps mechanics. Gut brain rests in harmony and head brain establishes order. 
gut brain is feeling organic flow and head brain organizing more um, linear systems. And the most important, gut brain rests in the present and head brain activates towards the future. So they both are important, actually. So there are some very amazing point, uh, points here in, in the book Radical Wholeness from Phil Shepherd. That's an amazing book. I definitely suggest you to read it. And yes, so... This this comparison between um, achievements coming from gut brain uh, with head brain is just so amazing. I really loved it because it does real make sense to me. Um, So your gut brain is very much connected to your healthy lifestyle, healthy food, so certainly you need to consider this important aspect of your body intelligence in regards to stress management and healing from stress. That's definitely another thing that I, uh, I wanted to appreciate. So the heart-brain coherence is the one that I mentioned and that is actually my favorite topic and certainly gut intelligence which is very much related to healthy diet and healthy lifestyle so this is also very important to be able to manage stress so just to wrap up you can actually unify and make more coherence by just repetitively practicing heart brain coherence and just revisiting your belief healing your memories and change survival mood and state to thrival mood and state and i would love to call it divine state so in this situation you can change disease to creation fear to love anger to expansion separation to unity and cause and effect to causing an effect limitedness to freedom and possibility, degeneration to regeneration, incoherence to coherence, noun to unknown, selfishness selfishness to selflessness, and disconnection to connection. And yet, so a lot of amazing changes to achieve the divine state. And it just takes you to practice absolutely on a daily basis. Thank you for listening to the podcast Inner Wellness with Dr. Naz Parsian. I hope you enjoyed and I'd love to hear from you any input, any suggestion, and also your subscription. Thank you.